The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to give a special welcome to members of our armed forces who are joining us over the Internet today, as well as listeners joining us from coast to coast, including friends in Alaska and Hawaii. In just a moment, political commentator, author, and one of the Beltway boys, Morton Kondracki, will be joining us to weigh in on the firing of FBI Director Comey and discuss what both parties must do to overcome the partisan stalemate in Washington. But before Mr. Kondracki joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Morton Kondracki was born in Chicago, Illinois, and is a graduate of Dartmouth College and Georgetown University. Following his undergraduate studies, he joined the Army's Counterintelligence Corps and the newspaper, The Washington Star. In 1963, Kondracki joined the Chicago Sun-Times, eventually becoming their White House correspondent. And in 97, Kondracki became the executive editor of The New Republic and eight years later became the Washington bureau chief for Newsweek magazine while offering commentary on NPR, The Wall Street Journal, and This Week with David Brinkley, one of my favorite news programs of all time. Then in 82, Kondracki joined the landmark television talk show, The McLaughlin Group, as a regular panelist, where he provided commentary for 16 years. From here, Kondracki went on to become the executive editor of Roll Call, co-host the popular program, The Beltway Boys, and become a nightly contributor on Special Report with Britt Hume. And we would look long and hard to find an expert who knows more about the legacy of Jack Kemp than Kondracki, something we'll hear more about later in today's program. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, Washington insider for over five decades, Mr. Morton Kondracki. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Kondracki. Thank you, Rebecca, for having me. So as, as you know, the big story this week was the firing of FBI Director Comey. It seems as if there are uh, three basic issues with the firing, how Comey learned about his termination, uh, whether this is connected to the investigation into Russian interference in the presidential election, and uh, and then, you know, whether this is some kind of a, uh, I don't know, orchestrated conspiracy plan on the part of the Trump administration. As a journalist and a commentator who's covered many presidents and changes in, in key offices, what do you make of this dismissal? Um <clears throat> Well, it's it's uh, it's it's complicated and confusing. First, I think Comey had lost the confidence of nearly everybody uh, in the way he behaved, and probably looking at his future and, and the condition that the FBI was in, probably should have submitted his resignation when when Trump became president uh, because he was so controversial, had made so many. Uh, uh, Judgments that he probably shouldn't have made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he wanted to, he wanted to stay on. That said, the manner of his firing um, uh, is inex- is inexplicable. Un- un- it, it, well, the, the the given reason that uh, that it was based on what he the way he'd handled Hillary Clinton's email decision while perfectly valid that occurred back in july and he's getting fired now in in uh, may and it's clear that uh, that the deputy attorney general's 
commentary on why he was leaving was not the reason that he was getting fired. Trump made up his mind that he was going to fire him. And so the question is why? Um, yeah, what happened the, in the last 10 months? Um, well, in the last 10 in the last 10 months, uh, Trump, well, back in 10 months ago, Trump said that what Comey said about Hillary Clinton was wonderful. Uh, so the explanation that he was being fired because of what he the judgments that he'd made about Hillary Clinton is clearly bogus. Uh, he was being fired for some other reason. Uh, question, what is the reason? Um, you know, everybody's leaping to the conclusion, uh, and it's you know reasonable conclusion, that it's somehow to stifle the FBI's investigation of involvement by the Trump campaign with the Russians. Yeah, but that investigation's happening several layers below Comey, isn't it? I mean, it's not likely it's going to affect the progress of the investigation, is it? Well, you know, if 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 the FBI uh, if the FBI chief is gone, what is the direction that the subordinates take? I mean, presumably they will they will go on doing their business, and the grand juries that are supposed to be um, underway in uh, in Virginia will continue, and there will or there will be not be an indictment. But um, it. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't do well for the morale of the of the FBI. We don't know who the next director of the FBI is. Um, it's going to be highly controversial unless it's somebody of, uh, you know, sterling reputation. Um, if Trump tries to impose somebody who will shut down the investigation, um, that's not going to work, I don't think. So what he's created is a mess. Well, now, Comey, as you pointed out earlier, made enemies on both the left and the right, which some might say is proof that he wasn't politically motivated. I mean, throughout the election, he made a lot of disclosures and calls which cast a shadow on Trump's campaign uh, and, and almost as many as he ended up casting on Clinton's. So given how partisan Washington has become by not picking a side, do you think Comey was just doomed? Um, well, I'm not sure he was doomed, but I think I think he acted improperly. I think he talked too much. I think he released too much. Now, he said he did it because Loretta Lynch was compromised. But uh, there was a deputy attorney general who could have who could have made all those prosecutorial decisions. It, it wasn't up to Comey to say, you know, there, there isn't evidence that uh, that that any jury uh, or any prosecu- legitimate prosecutor uh, could bring an indictment against Hillary Clinton, but she was t- terribly irresponsible with the way she handled classified information. That's not the job of the FBI director to do. That's right. Um, and and so you feel like he just overstepped what his role should have been. Yeah, I, th- I think he talked too much and he and he talked unnecessarily and and he, as you say, he aroused, uh, he, he he made his credibility on both sides weak. And um, under those circumstances, I mean, the, the FBI director should be somebody who has universal respect. And the best FBI directors have have had, you know, universal respect. But on the other hand, there's something, and I I don't quite know how to say this right, but there's something about having an FBI director that nobody likes. That makes me feel like maybe he was doing his job. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying is, is if nobody likes you and you're the FBI director, then you're probably doing a good job. <laughs> maybe, maybe, or, you, know, uh, you know, there, I think there's a case to be made that Comey has been, has been self-serving, has been a kind of a showboat, has been um, uh, too publicity conscious has made he's made more than one bad decision. I mean, well, I think Trump right. said he was a grandstander. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and I kind of accept that. But that's got you know that that I don't I don't mean to lay it all on Comey. Um, I think Trump is Trump d- did himself and uh, everybody concerned a big disservice in the way he handled this. And it certainly raises an eyebrow in terms of right in the middle of this Russian investigation. You know, why not wait or do it before, as you point out, if the problem was how Hillary's 
emails were handled, like this could have been dealt with 10 months ago. So it's just the right. timing of it, I think, that, that people are having issue with. And the, and the White House has said again and again, and if, you know, uh, Trump, I think, himself has said that, uh, that they, they ought to shut this R- Russia inquiry down. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. We have we have to take our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Morton Kondracki. You're listening to the Costa Report. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, Big Data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. Delicomena Marketing Catering, where we cook delicioso, you celebrate happy. This Sunday, May 14th, is Mother's Day. So celebrate and honor the mother of your family with not only a feast, but a fiesta. Check out DalicomenaCatering.com, where you'll find all of Mama's favorite traditional Mexican dishes at affordable prices, like chili relleno, chili verde, or their famous party pork, Carnitas. Make it a delicious Mother's Day and put in your orders now. Take advantage of great Mother's Day specials or give the gift of delicious with a Delicomena gift card. It's a celebration honoring the mothers of your family. Make it tasty, fresh, and satisfying. And leave all the cooking to Delicomena Marketing Catering, where we cook delicioso, you celebrate happy, and making mamas happy for over 30 years at Delicomena Marketing Catering. Hi, it's Charlie from the Garden Company, your locally owned garden center. Spring has sprung, and it's an awesome time to be in the garden. Edible landscaping is super popular, so check out our certified organic vegetables and herbs in seeds and seedlings, as well as deciduous fruit trees, blueberries, avocados, guavas, figs, olives, and all kinds of citrus. Add color and texture to your landscape with water-conserving flowering perennial shrubs and succulents, or accessorize your yard with metal animal garden art, statuary, bird bats, or benches. The Garden Company practices an organic first philosophy, offering earth-friendly fertilizers, soil products, and pest controls with an experienced staff to guide your selection. Visit the Garden Company Nursery and Gift Shop, an experienced service only a local family-owned business can provide. 2218 Mission Street, across from Safeway on the west side of Santa Cruz. Like us at facebook.com slash thegardenco. For exceptional plants, gifts, and service, it's the Garden Company Nursery and Gift Shop. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Morton Kondracki. 
And before the break, we were talking about the fact that Comey made enemies on both the left and the right. So we don't see many leaders coming to his defense right now. Uh, what, what do you think happens from here on out? Are, are we all just on standby to hear who the next FBI director will be? Pretty much. Um, uh, I think that's that's it. There'll be, uh, I guess, there'll be an acting FBI director. That there, I guess, there are four names of people who are the heads of various uh, FBI offices around the country. But then he'll have to find somebody who can get confirmed by the Senate. And the Democrats are going to are going to grill that person to a fairly well, and so so might some Republicans. And if it's not somebody who's really outstanding, um, uh, you know, the, the the person may not get through, and uh, we you know may go leaderless at the FBI or have to have the FBI led on a temporary basis. The I FBI cannot even think of a name. I I cannot come up with one name that wouldn't be controversial <laughs> in the current uh, I, climate. I can't either. I can't either. But there's got to be some. There's got to be some federal judge somewhere, or uh, you know, who was a prosecutor at one time, or or was an FBI man, that we whose name we don't know, uh, that uh, could fill the bill. Uh, oh gosh, after what after what they put Gorsuch through, uh, there's got to be the candidates have got to be running for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, look, along the lines of partisanship, because that's sort of what we're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. I, you consider yourself a moderate. Is that right? I do. Yeah. Moderate so so what happened? What happened to moderates in Washington? I mean, there doesn't seem to be much tolerance for centrists that are willing to work with the other side uh, or the other party anymore. So what happened? Well, it's a long story. Uh, you know, part of it, part of it has to it. Part of it has to do with uh, with what Newt Gingrich began uh, back in nineteen back in the early nineteen nineties when he decided to wage war against the the then ruling Republic, uh, Democrats who had run Congress for almost fifty years and were running it on a very high handed basis. But instead of challenging the policies, he decided to go to war with them, and he got rid of. Uh, the House Speaker, or the yeah, the House Speaker Jim Wright, and and the era of partisanship sort of started then. The high, the current era of hyperpartisanship, but um, you know, contributing to it is the fact that we now have a media environment in which people can choose the media medium that supports whatever their prejudice is. And the, the you have a whole you have whole industries, including including media, whose whole business model is to keep their side of the great divide in a permanent state of outrage against the other side uh, and make agreement impossible. Then you have gerrymandering, which uh, ensures that there are hardly any swing districts in, in, in Congress anymore. And every time there is a swing. Of, of opinion. And we've had several, you know, uh, Democrats taking over after George Bush seems to fail. Republicans taking over after um, after Obama seems to fail and so on. The people who get wiped out are the people in swing districts. And so there are fewer and fewer um, um, moderates who have any seniority so that they can rise to leadership. It's always, you know, it's always the moderates who get who get wiped out. And then, yeah, in right. addition to that, pol- political scientists have um, described what's called the great sort. Um, the American people themselves have sorted themselves out geographically um, so that uh, young, minority, uh, secular uh, people live in the cities and uh, conservative, married uh, religious people tend to live out in the suburbs and or or in the rural areas, and you've got hardly any counties left in the country that are purple. Uh, you know that might that might swing back and forth. So you know it it it's a it's a really complicated situation, and how we overcome it, I do not know. But the consequence of it is in Washington that nothing gets done. Um, it's it's next to total paralysis and the and the problems in the country are mounting 
Uh, you know, infrastructure is a real problem. We've got a, lousy, a terrible immigration system. Uh, we need tax reform. Uh, we need education reform. Um, uh, we need, you know, a, a, a rational environmental slash energy policy. And they can't agree on anything. So um, the country is all fed up with, with Washington, and I don't blame them. Well, now, you spent years studying the career of Jack Kemp, who you refer to as a bleeding heart conservative in your book on Kemp. And Kemp was known to reach across the aisle and be able to negotiate compromise. And, you know, Paul Ryan seems to be as close to a Jack Kemp as we have in the House today. But even Ryan hasn't been able to get even one Democrat to support any of the initiatives. What, What do you make of that? I think the speakership is ruining Paul Ryan, actually. Um, he didn't want he, the job. Let's remember, he did not right. want that job. <laughs> he did not want that job. You know, Jack, um, Paul Ryan, during the period when he was just House Ways and Means chairman, um, was had was trying to be Jack Kemp. He was spending a lot of time in poverty areas, trying to learn about, you know, what kind of programs would work to to help poor people. Yes. Um, he, he was trying to devise tax reform that would have uh, that would have got gotten the growth engine going again and provided jobs for people. Now he's Speaker of the House and he's got he's got he's he, he, the worst thing he said was the worst thing he said was when the t- his health care reform bill, which I think was a terrible bill, um, was coming up, he said that, that it would be deplorable if they had to rely on Democratic votes to get, to get a health care bill passed. Now, now that doesn't that sound like Kemp. Jack, that is not <laughs> what Jack Kemp would have said. No, Jack no, Kemp not at all. Said, exactly. Um, Jack Kemp would have said, let's pass the best health care bill we can on whatever basis we can, and we'll, you know, he worked with Democrats all the time. Uh, he, some of his best friends were Democrats. But so you feel Paul he, Ryan has drifted away from Jack Kemp? I do. I do. Yeah, that's a shame because he's, he was as close to a Jack Kemp type of leader as the Republicans had. I mean, who do they have now? Um, well, there, there is there is a, a little bunch of them um, who, you know, the people who were were fighting the 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 Ryan Care bill on the basis that it deprived um, poor people of Medicare cover Medicaid coverage and um, um, might might have left people without uh, protection if they have pre pre existing conditions. So there there are there is a cl- little clutch of moderates in the House, but none of them are leaders. There is no moderate leadership uh, in the House of Representatives, and I'm afraid. You know, I, I, I hate to say this because I really admired Paul Ryan, um, but I, I think he's in danger of losing his soul because he's, you know, because he, of, of his position. Well, I, you, you might be right, but uh, yeah, there's always still hope. We have to take another scheduled uh, intermission, but stay tuned. We'll be back right after these important messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. How is Caraccioli able to grow so quickly in popularity and still maintain that special attention to detail from the field to the bottle? What's the secret? There is no secret. It's just hard work. Um, (laughs) It's something that you got to put a lot of effort in, a lot of time in. You can't cut corners. Bubbles are inherently naked, so your flaws are exposed. And when that's the case, you have to be diligent on the front end and go the extra mile to make sure that you don't cut those corners and that you do things the right way. We're in a ideal location and being able to harvest at optimal pick points, produce these grapes in the best way possible. You have great fruit and you go through these different steps and at the end you end up with a unique product that showcases the fruit in a different way. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website, caraccioli.sellers.com or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. 
Hi, this is Kate Hinnenkamp from Shoreline Middle School, inviting you and your whole family to our first annual Vintage Air-Cooled VW Car Show. Saturday, May 13th from 9 to 4, we'll have live music, local food trucks, a show featuring classic Volkswagens, and raffle prizes from O'Neill, Plantronics, Aloha Island Grill, and more. Come at 9 sharp to register your car or stop by anytime to join in the fun. The show is free to the public. All proceeds go to Shoreline Middle School. Hi, Registered Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. My favorite cleaning product is plain old vinegar. The cool thing about vinegar is the fact that it's actually a type of fat. It's a hydrophilic lipid, or a watery fat. Because of vinegar's dual nature, it eliminates dirt, and at the same time, it evaporates like water. And the fatty qualities of vinegar that allow it to remove oily grime from furniture and appliances also make it an excellent substance for cleansing the skin. In addition to eliminating excess skin oils as well as dirt and makeup, it can help exfoliate and dissolve dead skin cells too. It dissolves the gluey stuff that keeps the dead cells on the skin surface. This gluey substance is actually a type of oil called glycolipid. And because glycolipid is composed in large part of dietary fats, what we eat can affect the characteristics of the glycolipid glue. Diets deficient in EFAs, for example, can cause glycolipid to become extra sticky, preventing cells from flopping off, ultimately giving the skin a dull appearance. It can also cause an ashy look that's the result of the accumulating dead cells piling up on the skin surface. To get rid of the dullness or the ash, simply add a little vinegar to a cotton ball and gently rub it on your skin. You'll dissolve the glycolipid, eliminate the dead cells, and reveal a shiny, healthy look as the new, fresh skin beneath the surface is revealed. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Ed Robertson inviting you to join us for the next edition of TV Confidential, Sunday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. here on KSCO AM 1080 in Santa Cruz. Our guests will include Charlotte Stewart, Charlotte Stewart, Miss Beetle from Little House on the Prairie, Mary X, Maurice Head, and Betty Briggs, from Twin Peaks. That's TV Confidential every Sunday morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on AM 1080 KSCO. Listen and be heard. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Morton Kondracki. And we've been talking about the challenge of getting bipartisan support in Congress. Now, in a 2016 op-ed piece titled, uh, Here's What the Next President Should Do, you addressed this current polarization by stating that whether Clinton or Trump won, they should do what neither party has done for the past 20 years, and that is, quote, ease the plight of working class families battered by the downside forces of globalization, technology, and slow growth. And then you went on to recommend that Democrats get on board with cutting the corporate tax rate, uh, repatriating profits held abroad, and getting an infrastructure building program going. Can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, well, I, I thought that that would be the first thing that the Trump administration put forward. Because it was a combination uh, that that Paul Ryan and uh, and Chuck Schumer had actually reached a deal on back in 2015 that it would be an exchange for uh, lowering the corporate tax rate, which Obama, by the way, was in favor of, and mounting a significant um, infrastructure program paid for partly. Uh, by a lowered tax on repatriated profits of corporations that, that they brought back overseas. Now, let's be clear here. This is something that both parties could have gotten on board on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Schumer said within you know days of Trump's election that he expected that this kind of uh, uh, bill would be presented in the first 100 days. 
Uh, we haven't. So, seen so it why yet. didn't? Yeah. So why, in your view, because you've been there for over five decades in D.C., t- tell me why didn't Trump start there? Why didn't Ryan start there? Um, I think it was because they'd made these promises over a seven-year period that they were going to get rid of Obamacare, and they had done nothing to plan for it. Uh, it's astounding, and this is another f- fault of Ryan's. He had. There, there actually was an agenda of, of, of policy ideas without legislation to back them up. But for seven years, the, the Republicans had been saying and passing bills to repeal Obamacare. And Trump had said on day one, we're going we're gonna to abolish Obamacare. And he thought that he had to do it. Um, and, you know, it it didn't Obama got an uh, Obamacare through, but his party promptly lost the next uh, congressional election. Hillary Clinton tried to uh, to get uh, Clinton care through uh, in uh, in the in the early 90s. And the Democrats promptly lost control of the Congress. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a kiss of death. It's something that you do after you have built up your political capital um, by doing something that's on a bipartisan basis. So I think it was just stupidity uh, on their part, bullheadedness. Right. Uh, well, they, it, it they, sounds they, like they, they just they, got myopically focused on Obamacare and stopped thinking about, in the long run, building some consensus, some momentum, some success in bipartisan you know, work together and then deal with the sticky issues. I mean, to me, yeah. the smart play is you you work on those things you can get agreement on and then get into immigration and Obamacare later on. Uh, but yeah. but you've also suggested that the Republicans needed to embrace Democratic proposals, such as uh, increasing their earned income tax credit and the child and child care tax credits, uh, measures to reduce the cost of college uh, Seems like right. Congress and Trump are trying to do some of that. Don't uh, doesn't it look like that? Uh, I have yet to see it because the the budget uh, was you know wasn't very generous to uh, education or or anything else. And that, then they nominated poor Betsy DeVos, who's, who's in <laughs> favor of 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 uh, she's in favor of some good things of you know choice and education and stuff right. like that. But she did she she's been so vilified. That you know this, her appearance at uh, at this um, um, black college, I forget which one. Where she was booed, yeah, booed on the stage. Booed, and they turned around. I mean, uh, she is she is just poison, and she did a lousy job at her confirmation hearings. Um, You know, I I feel I feel really sorry for her. I think she's she's a well-meaning person. But she's I think she's, you know, her ability to affect education policy is going to be next to nil. And I don't think Trump listens to her anyway. So how about this robust centrist movement that you talk about? Any 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 chance that's coming up? I'm glad you asked. Well, uh, look, this is my this is my favorite hobby horse. Um, Look, I do not understand why. There's a, a a gang doesn't form, and the gang, the members of the gang that I would include are Michael Bloomberg, and Bob Gates, and Bill Gates, and Jim Baker, and uh, Leon Panetta, and Condi Rice, and uh, uh, maybe uh, Howard Zuckerberg, and uh, I, you know, I don't. And granted, it's an elite. And, and you and me, we can join yeah, that. We would me, join that gang. We're, we're the spear carriers, um, and you know, and they get and George Schultz, and and they get together. They get together, and they say, "Enough already. We are gonna we are gonna form and finance a movement in this country to rally the center." And there is a center. You know, every every presidential election, they do exit polls and people are supposed to identify themselves ideologically. And a plurality of the people are I'd self-identify as moderates. And there is a moderate agenda. And, you know, most Americans, for example, want to let illegal immigrants stay in the country. Uh, They don't want to build a wall. Um, they are, you know, they they're, they're OK with gay marriage, uh, you know, just on, on, a, on a lot of issues. They're they're very moderate. And if they were 
rallied. And I think what this group would have to do is raise a lot of money and do a, make, a, make a lot of noise and do a lot of lobbying and reward members of Congress who are, who are moderate and protect them in, in primary campaigns and stuff like that. But if, if it was a big enough group and it was a powerful enough group to start, you could get people all over the country forming chap- chapters and stuff like that. Now, there is, a, there is an outfit. Well, I think you ought to call them up and get this gang going. <laughs> so, you know, it's your idea. It's your idea, and I think it's an extraordinary idea. And I will campaign like heck for this idea because well, I, I've, I've become an independent as a result of this. But here's the only thing I worry about. I worry about that wonderful list that you just cited. None of them are actively working in government in Washington, D.C. today. Well, now, what does that you know, say? <laughs> well, you know, I think what, you, what, you, and what you'd have to do, look, I, you know, I, I'm looking for an American Macron, um, you know, somebody who is willing to leave his party or her party and, and maybe start a third party. I'm, I'm not saying that the movement should start as a third party. I'm saying it should start as a moderate movement. Yes, but I agree. If, they, if these if these bozos in Washington can't get anything done because they're polarized, it would be worthwhile to have somebody. Um, and you know, maybe maybe it's Ben Sass, this guy from from Nebraska. Maybe right, I think uh, what you're talking about is offering the American public a rational alternative, one that you know puts party second to policy. That's what yeah. you're talking about. And 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 I exactly. think that's a wonderful idea. Unfortunately, we are just about out of time. <laughs> okay. uh, but but you know, well, on that note, but but look, before we let you go, uh I let me just take a moment to thank you sure. for your public service. I hope you get this thing going. <laughs> I really do. I, I want to encourage you, tell you there's a lot of Americans. We have two million people listening to the program today, and I bet a million of them are gonna write to me and say, Hey, Get it going. (laughs) Well, listen, thank you so much for coming, and I hope you'll stop by again. We have to take another short break. When we come back, I'll tell you what President Trump and Paul Ryan must do to get bipartisan support on the Hill. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A Place for Mom is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call A Place for Mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the 
right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. It's the sixth annual World's Biggest Garage Sale. Hi, I'm Laurie Schlepfer. Join me Saturday, May 13th, 8 to 2, for the World's Biggest Garage Sale at Twin Lakes Church on Cabrillo College Drive in Aptos. All proceeds go to Second Harvest Food Bank and Teen Challenge Recovery. Get a bargain and feed a family at the same time at the world's biggest garage sale this Saturday, 8 a.m., Twin Lakes Church. For info, go to tlc.org. Don't miss the world's biggest garage sale this Saturday. Hey, buddy, it's me, your laptop. That's right. Your little modern marvel of technology you've been abusing for months. Dude, we need to talk. Do you really think that those free PC Fix-It programs are any match for today's spyware and malware? Not to mention the NSA and some of those websites you've been visiting. Now, I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying. You need to take me to Peter and the friendly staff at User-Friendly Computing to get me back into tip-top shape. Tired of unfriendly computer support, slow computer, viruses, spyware? No problem. Call the friendly computer experts at User-Friendly Computing. We take care of all your PC, Macintosh, and laptop needs. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. Visit us today at 505 River Street on the way to downtown Santa Cruz, across from Gateway Plaza. We give you a choice. Drop your computer by the shop, or we'll come to you. Call us today at 423-9653. User-Friendly Computing. Michael Olson's first law of the food chain. Agriculture is the foundation upon which we build all our sandcastles. That's right, folks. No surplus of food, no sandcastles. So before we all get upset from the dust and noise of agriculture, let's get together Saturday at 9 a.m. as the Food Chain Radio Show goes behind the scenes of the industry that keeps us all civilized. If you have a comment about the first law of the food chain, tell me, Michael Olson, all about it at MetroFarm.com. Saturday at 9 a.m. for some What's Eating What Radio on the Food Chain. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we have been speaking with political commentator, journalist, and author Morton Kondracki, who many of you remember from his 16 years on the McLaughlin Report, where McLaughlin was fond of referring to him as Morton. (laughs) And you also recognize Kondracki from the program he hosted called the Beltway Boys Uh, as well as the work he did as executive editor of Roll Call, uh, one of the predominant magazines on the Hill. There's there's no question Kondracki's career has put him front and center in Washington politics. But what surprised many is that in 2010, Kondracki became the main interviewer for the Jack Kemp Foundation's Oral History Project, where he conducted more than 100 interviews about the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and presidential candidate. And for two years, Kondracki held the Jack Kemp Chair in Political Economy at the Kluge Center for Scholars at the Library of Congress. And then, as you know, he and Fred Barnes penned the book Jack Kemp, The Bleeding Heart Conservative, who changed America. Now, you might be wondering why Kondracki had such an interest in Jack Kemp, a name that we don't hear much about in politics today. And the reason is Jack Kemp was one of those politicians who did everything he could to avoid conflict and showdowns. And yet, in spite of being conflict avoidant, He was successful at getting the bipartisan support he needed to get the Kemp-Roth tax cut passed, which, as you will remember, was the signature initiative of what we call Reaganomics and supply-side economics today. At the same time Kemp was working on supply-side economics, he took the lead on no taxes and lowering business regulations for our nation's bleakest neighborhoods. And this was a time when Capitol Hill was polarized and inflammatory talk was the order of the day. Yet Kemp wanted the GOP to embrace their legacy as the party of Lincoln. He wanted to see the party introduce radical ideas, ideas which benefited and elevated all Americans. 
In Kemp's view, supply-side economics benefited everyone, from the very poor who depended on tax-funded social programs to the very rich who were more prone to invest when the risk and exposure was worth the reward. Now, I don't want to imply that the conditions or the problems that we face in our country and in the world today are the same as when Kemp took a more centrist, inclusive approach. The fact is, anyone who's been through a divorce, lost a good friend over serious differences, or has a family member who isn't speaking to them or has been fired sometime in their life, knows that you have to have two things to preserve any relationship. First, we have to perceive greater value in sustaining the relationship than we do in shutting it down. And second, we have to be practical about the fact that we're not going to get everything we want. So we have to have a very clear idea about what our priorities are and what those one or two or three non-negotiables really are. In other words, everything can't be a non-negotiable. So let's take the first requirement for a successful working relationship, perceiving a greater value in having the relationship than not having it. The trouble in Washington right now is that both parties have driven out all the moderates and centrists by labeling them traitors, traitors to the party. If you dare cross the aisle, you cannot expect your party to support your legislative initiatives. You can expect no committee appointments. You can expect no party support in terms of money or endorsements or campaigning in the next election. What's more, you're labeled an unreliable asset by lobbyists in D.C. who are also not going to line your campaign coffers. And if you were aspiring for a career in politics, well, that's pretty much over after one or two two terms also. In other words, there's a hefty price for crossing the aisle today. Even if you do agree to some degree with the opposing party's ideas or legislation. And, and, and now let's take a look at the second requirement for sustaining a working relationship, having a practical view of the world and clear definition of what the non-negotiables and the negotiables are. When both parties oppose every and anything the other proposes, it says to me that neither party has any idea what their priorities are. And so they're making everything an immovable priority. You can't say that every single position you have on health care, education, tax reform, immigration, social security, abortion, internet regulations, climate change, and every other thing is non-negotiable. That is the very definition of gridlock and paralysis. What we need at this time are pragmatic, practical leaders who are capable of deciding which policies to stand firm on and which to give way. And then lead their party to that negotiation table with enthusiasm, with honor, with optimism that the best compromise possible will be struck. And if that sounds a lot like what Jack Kemp did during the difficult Reagan years, well, then maybe both parties ought to take a page out of Kemp's playbook. Maybe the time has come for bleeding heart conservatives and conservative Democrats on the Hill to rise up, join hands, and take control of their parties, making it more beneficial to cooperate than oppose, and deciding which items are negotiable and which are not. And when that happens, folks, we'll begin to see legislation move more swiftly in our nation's capital. If that can't happen, then maybe Morton Kadraki is right. Maybe outsiders, former government officials, the Leon Panettas, the Condoleezza Rices, you know, maybe they've all got to get together now and, uh, and, and, and somehow say enough is enough, let's move on. This is no way to run a government. It, it may very well be that outsiders are going to have to come back in. They're going to have to form some kind of coalition. I like that idea. I like Kondracki's idea. I think he's on to something. And I think you might agree with that. And if you do, shoot me a quick message at RebeccaCosta.com. Now, today we have been talking about what it, 
will take to get the left and the right working together so the country can make faster progress. And when it comes to be uh, to the topic of making faster progress in business, the same principles apply. But what do you do when you're shorthanded? Where can you go to find the best talent as quickly as possible? Well, I have an answer for that. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No more juggling emails or phone calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and then hire the right person fast. Fill that job. Don't tax the rest of, of the staff that you're working with because, you know, when you've got an opening, everybody else has to work that much harder. ZipRecruiter is the most efficient way to fill any job opening, whether you're looking for an executive or an experienced specialist or even if you have an entry-level position to fill. ZipRecruiter is the fastest and easiest way to find that ideal person for the job. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies as well as thousands of small and medium-sized businesses. And right now, listeners of the Costa Report can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. That's right. It's completely free. Well, if it's free, you've got nothing to lose. Post that job on ZipRecruiter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Remember to get that word report in there or you're not going to get the free offer. So uh, one more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. And that just about wraps up our first hour. If your station is leaving us after the first hour, my guest next week is none other than former Vice President Walter Mondale, who has had no easy time selling President Carter's programs for energy conservation and fiscal austerity to a Democratic Congress that wanted and expected Johnson's great society. How did Mondale do it? Find out next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.